welcome to 353rd. My name is Andres Brownworth. And I'm Scott Barstow. Hey, Scott. So uh, we're talking about the uh, the network crackle, actually, because yeah, we're, we're speaking about what Jerry Seinfeld is doing. Here's a guy, like you just said, here's a guy, but you just we were just talking before the show. Here's a guy who could do anything he wants. Anything. Any yeah. project, whatever. He had a TV show, a very, very popular TV show of his own name. He had his name in the title. So how can you not know this guy? And he turns around and instead of doing a, you know, another large network television show or maybe another movie or something, he decides to do something that's like a television show. It's kind of shorter than a normal scripted show, but only on the internet, on Crackle. Yeah. And I think the, so dovetailing in with our show last week of what's wrong with network television, I think the, <laughs> yeah. the, this is really just another symptom and this show's been on for what three years or something like it that. It has, yeah. Um, and it's funny that we even talk about it this way now. So we say the show's been on, yeah. And you know, fifteen years ago, there would have never been conversation like this show's been on if it wasn't on TV. Yeah. But we're able to sit here and say this show's been on for three seasons or however many he's had, and it's been uh, just this remarkably amazing uh, show. But like you were saying, he can. This guy could do. He's got more money than he could ever spend. He's yeah. got, I'm sure he's got offers to do whatever he wants. And he's not doing another stand-up tour uh, and having it filmed by HBO and trying to make money that way like everybody used to do you know, before. Well, everybody still does. I mean, that's they still, still a popular yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's almost like he's, and the show is just fantastic, uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. If you haven't watched it or if you live under a rock and don't know this show exists, you have to go watch it, especially if you're well. If you're a Seinfeld fan, you know about it. But the show is remarkably good uh, for a number of reasons. One, the cinematography yeah. of of the show is just amazingly good. the The way they film the cars, the way they film the pouring of coffee, like that part in and of itself. I mean, who is this? That sounds totally boring. Pouring, right. you, they're shooting somebody pouring coffee, and they're shooting a picture of an outside of an, you know, a, generally a vintage automobile. Right. But it's done in a in a brilliant way, and and yeah. I would add that it is probably shot on DSLR cameras. I'm sure it is. Yeah, be, I'm sure. You know, which you know, let's just say it's about a thousand bucks per camera. Maybe they maybe they're you know special ones, but the point is. You know, anybody can go out there and shoot a beautiful looking show for $500, $1,000 worth of cameras, which is just absolutely fundamentally different than That's it right. was 10, 20 years ago. Uh, you couldn't get a, a device like that. <clears throat> but um, I think the, the thing I like about this show, and it, and it speaks to a wider trend, in my opinion, which is uh, there's a lot of people doing. The show is really almost a podcast. It's a video podcast right. of yeah. him interviewing all of these other comedians and just really talking shop right. about what it's like to be a comedian, you know, some of their best memories, some of the dumbest things they've ever done. And he's interviewed, uh, and he has these really cool moments. Uh, particularly, I'm thinking about the one with Michael, um, uh, with Kramer. Kramer, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Uh, where... You know, they talk about uh, when he had that racist crack when he was standing, when he was up on stage, and it really ruined his career. 
Yeah. Uh, but he have, they have, the show has these really cool moments. But anyway, I think back to the, the topic of this show, it's amazing to me that something this good um, exists only on the internet. And you know, he's yeah. had, you know, he's had offers to, from some network or, you know, some HBO or somebody like that. Sure. Yeah. Pick up the show and put it, put it back on quote TV. Yeah. And it just hasn't happened. So, so, so apparently he is in season six. If you call his seasons seasons, which are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shows max. Some of them have, uh, f- you know, five. Um, but, but, yeah. So, so Michael Richards is the one that that Michael Richards, yeah, that's played it. Kramer, right? Which is yeah. which is very good, and he's got old you know oldies and and new comedians like uh carl reiner and and mel brooks the really old ones and don rickles yeah uh, hilarious to david letterman one uh on a show like yeah. the show's just very good more more but recently th- it's been trevor noah the guy that's taking over in the daily show who which yep. he's probably like i don't know how old he is maybe 25 or something but the guy is i mean he's it's just a captivating show a brilliant show about this guy that I knew nothing about he's from South Africa and there's all kinds of just things he's had to deal with that you don't even know about because he's just a comedian never talks about it I guess um, anyway yeah go ahead well, what I was going to say is I think the uh, we touched on this briefly last week but uh, there's a there's this other show that um, my daughter watches or this channel on YouTube that my daughter watches called Tribe Tyler hmm. and the guy is, I don't know, 23 or something like that and is shooting a video every day of his 20s and, wow. and posting it. Okay. And and it's just this, uh, like he's traveling the world and he takes the, and but it's going back to your point about the ability to shoot remarkable video. If anybody has the chance, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes for sure to this guy's channel. But the the cinematography and the quality of the video this guy shoots and the the clips are, let's call them ten to twelve minutes most yeah. most days. Right. And uh, my daughter can't get enough of this guy. Really. And yeah. it's really just him shooting a video about what he did that day. That's yeah. all he's doing. It's yeah. not. This yeah. isn't. You know, he's not living the life of Riley. He doesn't have this glamorous life. It's just wherever he is. He shoots a video for that day, yeah. and he just does it very well, and it's really well produced. Yeah. But he's doing the whole thing. And uh, so you almost have this uh, – you've kind of got both ends of the spectrum now where you've got guys that are nobodies shooting these amazing videos. Yeah. And then you've got Jerry Seinfeld who could do whatever he wants. Doing the same you know, thing. Doing the exact same yeah. thing. And the quality might be slightly better yeah. um, with Jerry Seinfeld because he's, he's got, got a crew. crew. Yeah. Sure, but if but if uh, if we were to look at the quality of something that was shot for TV, you know, a, uh, a few years back, it wouldn't be that much different. And I think the uh, it's just remarkable to me as I sit and watch uh, comedians in cars that every time I sit and watch them, it's like I can't believe this show's not on TV. Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah. That, but that's a that's a thing, you know. So. So first of all, you have you have Jerry Seinfeld, and he's flexing his network. He's he's kind of the now becoming the father figure of of comedians, and and while all of this is going on, he's speaking to all these you know very well known comedians. You know that like if he wasn't shooting the show, he'd still be shooting the breeze with these people. That's right. 
right? You know that this is his network that he yep. has. I mean, he's, and you just get a peek into his life, yeah. Really, and you it's, get, it's very interesting. And you get yeah. a peek into all these other characters' lives. Some, some you're like, oh, I had no idea that the person is really interesting, and then others you're like, oh my word, that guy's a disaster. Yeah, um, you know. Uh, so it's it's quite. I don't know. It's quite interesting, but but like Seinfeld's show, this this show. You know, like uh, Seinfeld back in the day, this show is kind of about nothing. Yep. And just like this, you know, the the guy that shoots a video every day, I mean, it's not a, it's obviously not a scripted thing. It's obviously not, there's not a, you know, a single point that everything is always driving toward outside of, well, this is what I did today. And it could be interesting, it could be boring, but people find it, you know, generally really compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the other the other the other thing I've been following, kind of going back to the podcast theme, yeah. is as you know, I watch or I sorry, I listen to just about every one of Tim Ferriss's podcasts. Yeah, and and what he's what he's been doing is he's been shooting this show called the Tim Ferriss Experiment, and so he'll go and learn how to surf with Laird Hamilton or yeah. you know do all these crazy things. But again, that show is a show that's on iTunes. Yeah. And his show is not a free show. You can't consume it freely. I think it's a dollar or two per episode. Um, so I only watch the ones that uh, I watch the previews and stuff like that just yeah. because I feel like if Seinfeld can put a show on the air for free, then maybe Tim Ferriss could too. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I think the, it's, the, it's the, the fact that these guys, and I think Tim Ferriss, while not in Seinfeld's class, he could probably – convince somebody to put a show on network tv if he wanted to and i think his show was actually on network tv at one point Uh Um, it was yeah yeah i think it was and probably didn't do well enough to be on network tv but i bet it's doing just fine uh as an itunes only distribution sure yeah and uh so we have this it's a really cool trend right now of and it's, it's this isn't new um but it's like what we're seeing is that the internet's just continuing to push its way into uh, into this space, and the I think for me the the one of the other interesting things that's happened this week is I was reading an article yesterday last week's show we talked about ESPN and the trouble they're having, and I was reading an article yesterday summarizing the uh, the ESPN earnings call. Yeah, and apparently all of the almost all the questions from the gallery, if you will, were about subscriber erosion. Um, mm. at ESPN. Yeah. So the the sharks are circling uh it appears even the biggest uh even the biggest of targets now. Yeah, sure. And, yeah, it's going to go down. Yep. But but I will say right now uh as as many many shows are evident there is a renaissance going on in TV. Absolutely. Like you you're getting and, and some very non-traditional kind of everybody's trying to have their game of thrones right so amc has uh, halt and catch fire fantastic show really really well done uh lifetime like has has a show about a uh it's called unreal it's a show about a um you know it's like a scripted show about an unscripted television show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Pretty, you know, interesting idea. There are just like this, this across the spectrum, uh, everything from shows sponsored by very non-traditional 
or ne- very traditional things to very non-traditional like uh netflix has has really great shows that are netflix only yeah. um my wife loves uh, new girl on that um there's just uh, and and before that it was the unbreakable kimmy schmidt uh, there's this wide, wide across the industry, seemingly uh, flowering of of new shows, and what, there are a couple of ways to think about it. You know, like where in the world did that come from? Is is the television industry dying, and this is their their you know trying to juice things up so that it you know remains the old guard? I think decidedly not. I think because the two things have happened. One is, like we said, equipment is getting cheaper, but much, much more importantly, there's more outlets than there used to be. It used to be a ton of content, only a few television channels. So we had to have a very, very high bar and you had to convince some executives in some, you know, enormous office tower somewhere to take your show, which makes, to me, it makes it incredible that Jerry Seinfeld actually got a show about nothing on the air. It's pretty amazing. Um, but now you have the opposite problem, right? We will eventually have the opposite problem when there'll be so much stuff. Finding just the good stuff is the problem. I yeah, mean, that's it'll been be the like case music with the web. today. And we're yeah, almost right. we're almost there. Yeah. Um, we're probably there in some in many ways but today. It's 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 over. The writing is on the wall. But yeah. But the we're still fiercely in in the you know really the the cable era. Yeah. Right? I think of this as the cable era because cable uh, cable is really the powerhouse here. It's no longer the network uh, TV shows that's right. that are really yeah. being you know yep. sapped from both yeah, and ends. if you if you were to compare it to music it was probably we're probably in the radio station era mm-hmm. uh, we're probably at the end of the radio station era and getting ready to move into you know the era of downloadable music uh yeah. you know back in the back in the napster days i think the that's probably a good analog for what's happening right now and you've got these uh these very uh you've got people coming out of nowhere and producing great content. And I think the, and we've talked about this before about, you know, how are we going to find great stuff in the future? Yeah. And, you know, computers are going to have to do most of that work for us, uh, just like they do in Spotify. Really? Or so that's, well, that's, that's up Discovery. for argument. Yeah. Like look at what Apple is doing, the complete opposite. If, if you say algorithm, you're thinking, you know, Google and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, Apple's beats one is a you know it's just a bunch of people that are are respected in the industry who are asked to play stuff that they think is good and it is it is human curated it is the yeah. antithesis of matter of fact that really i think encapsulates what apple is trying to do and the big difference between apple and google because google's you know beats one or their radio their their network uh, show their internet show would be algorithmically based they would oh, for sure pick yes. all the songs algorithmically they wouldn't pay a human to sit there and dj yet that very very seemingly you know regressive thing is what apple is doing and that's the main difference between the two absolutely yeah but yeah but it's and that'll be interesting to see how that uh how that war shapes up i think <clears throat> if history is any indicator apple will come out on top yeah, um, they'll have the right people curating the right things. Um, well, it, will they be on top? See, that's the thing. Like, does the world really need 
uh, is that really the thing that 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 at the end of the day wins it, or is that the thing that the world needs? It needs the antithesis to the totally algorithmic. I mean, here's Google driving, you know, auto, you know, having cars drive themselves around. That is the ultimate, the penultimate of uh, algorithmic thinking, right there. You know, yep, and I can absolutely. see we've been talking quite a lot about a future where, uh, you know, you order up a car and it comes. It rolls up to your front door. You hop in. You drive around, and and you know, and that's it. Um, and, and so that is the we're clearly in that camp. But only if we're in a camp like that does a human curated camp or human curated option have a lot of value. Because back in the day, everything was human curated. I mean, one of the one of the ways to think about it is like we have traded analog dollars you know back when we had when we bought albums we've traded analog dollars for like you know downloadable dimes for now streaming pennies yeah so you you have this this world where uh nobody buys music anymore you just buy a subscription and whether it's it's downloaded in a chunk or it's streamed as it goes it's it's basically you know it's basically algorithmically streamed to you. I mean, there's that's like Pandora, for example, um, to pick a company that I actually haven't heard from in a bit. Yeah, um, that's interesting that they've gone away. Now, that's yeah. probably that'd be an interesting thing to talk about why, why? that is. But right. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, they were too even, early. We continue. Yeah, I believe. I think you're right. They yeah. uh, they were they were the technology ahead was, of the curve. Yeah, that's it, right. Ahead of the curve, and the technology was just wasn't quite good enough yeah or too expensive like who's yep. who first of all when when i think when pandora started you know n- not everybody had a, a smartphone yeah and that was kind of a prerequisite at least a phone that you could install an app from a third party that didn't have to go through some in i don't know if you remember this but back in the day before the app stores uh were out there in order to get an app on a phone, you had to go to like, you know, one of the car, you had to go to like Sprint and you had to convince their, you know, it, it was just like the whole network show thing again. You had to convince a, a board right. of people that you, that your app would make their phone more useful, more valuable. And on that value equation, they accepted you or they didn't. It was a very high bar because there wasn't, there weren't many spots available on the candy you know, the candy bar phones and you finally got the thing in the door. And then now, you know, so what kind of a value proposition would Pandora have (laughs) say, okay, well, we're going to blow through every one of your, you know, edge speed minutes or, you know, edge edge speed, uh, uh, megabytes in about a day. And, you know, we were going to clog up your network. It was just a, just a, an equation that would never work. Um, so, that's that's just like uh i don't think that was really their problem i think uh they they kind of you know maybe stopped evolving and and uh spotify and and others kind of picked up the uh the gauntlet and ran from there yeah i think what pandora missed fundamentally is that if you go to pandora today it's not that much different than it was five or seven years ago yeah and the, so the music was always just okay. You always got music in your stream that was you were like, oh, I can't stand this song. And then you'd get three or four of those, but you couldn't fast forward through. Uh, at some point, they blocked you from fast forwarding. Yeah. And so I think what they missed that really Spotify found was uh, 
uh, here's this list that I'm going to build myself, and then I'm going to make that music available either via stream or I can make it available yep. for a little bit more. I can pay to have it on my phone so that I can listen to it offline yeah. and not have to stream it when I'm driving in the car. Yeah. Although I, although it's that's becoming almost irrelevant that feature. Yeah. Of being able to download music and you know have offline playlists, that's right. almost doesn't matter anymore. Right. Like I don't, I don't even think about it anymore. I just drive down the road and have music streaming, yeah. and I don't ever listen to the radio. Yeah. And I think that like that. So we're almost seeing in the in the in the all of these windows are starting to compress so quickly. Spotify in you know th- three or four years ago, it was revolutionary to be able to put you know, 2000 songs that you never bought, but that you legally had the right to play Mm -hmm. on your device. Never been done before. Yeah. And the reason you did it was because data costs were still too high. Yeah. And so when you were driving down the road, you wanted the music in your car and you didn't want to have to pay to stream it uh, because you'd blow through your your data plan. Uh, You put it on your device and then off you went. And now that's almost doesn't matter anymore Yeah. because the sp- the network speeds are so good. Number one, and um, you know, by and large, you're not going to bump up against your ceiling, even if you don't have unlimited data. Uh, which I know you and I both have straight talk, and we have unlimited data. But yeah. even if you've got a five or ten gig plan or whatever it is, that's a lot of music. Yeah. To stream sure. because yeah. you know they do a good job of compressing it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's not like a, even uh, just the revolution that's happened or the evolutions that have happened in the past three to five years in music uh, alone have been remarkable. And then I think you start, you're going to start to see this same thing happen with video and where we're driving down the road and you're not going to have, you know, cars still come with the DVD player. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Yeah. It's like a, it's like a cassette deck. Yeah. We've been looking at, and the reason I know this is that we've been looking at cars Yeah, and, uh, and they still have that stuff. Yeah, and you're like, what in the world? Why like nobody, nobody this? sits. Yeah, in the back seat with the headphones on and watches the same thing anymore. That's not what. Happens. That's not what your kids are going to do. Yeah, they've each got their own screen. They're each yeah. watching what they want to watch. They each put you know three movies on their thing before you started that ten hour road trip. Yeah, they put three movies on their you know on their iPhone or their iPad or whatever, and they're sitting back there doing their own thing. And they might they might take their headphones off and talk to each other about what they're watching and swap back and forth, but they're not all watching one screen. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what kind of rounding back to the where we started with Seinfeld. That's what makes all of this stuff so exciting for me is that you get away from it having to be. I'm going to pop this thing in that was produced by a studio, and I'm going to pop this in, and we're all going to watch it. Yeah. Um, because it's a now, experience. that's right. Now I can watch. We can be rolling down the road. I can be watching comedians and cars getting coffee. You can be watching something else, and the person in the backseat can be watching something else entirely. Sure. And uh, and and, and that's that's doable. That's feasible yep. on the networks yep. of today. That's yeah. right. Well, and the quality is going to get better and better. The the ability to get more and more, you know, higher quality video is going right. to get easier and easier because that's just how this stuff works the technology right. so, always gets better right so we're we're uh you know everybody nowadays is kind of aware in some way or another 
of how much data they're using and it's a it's a relatively and I mean this is you know compared to 10 years ago of course the amount of data we have access to is just seemingly through the roof but it's a relatively low amount right now and you're paying a very very high number of pennies per bit or megabyte or whatever you want to break. We're paying a lot right now. There's no real long-term need for that equation to stay the way that it is. I mean, back in, oh, I don't know, 2000, let's say, when, when you had a data service, which at the time was edge uh, data, it was, you know, you, you, if you blew through, a, a, you know, five megabytes, you were paying through the teeth. That was it was doled out on the kilobyte basis for yep. for dollars for kilobytes, and by the time you got to so now you know now you have an LTE connection and you're cruising through you know your your two point five or three gigabyte limit, you know kind of regularly across the month. Uh, you're you're still aware and it's but at the end of the day it's really very very expensive when you know if we push the needle forward a couple of years you know let's just say 10 more years the streaming two gigabytes of of data is is really not going to be very expensive at all it's going to be very very cheap um and the reason, I mean, you know, if you look at a, uh, what is a movie today? It's probably, you know, it's probably a movie right there. A couple of gigs, like yep. two, two to three gigs is a HD movie download. That's kind of what it, what it costs. So two hours of content, let's say. Um, when, when you push, when you push the needle for it, and, and uh, there's a ton of reasons for why the, uh, the spectrum is going to be used much more efficiently and therefore you'll, you'll be able to get the data for a lot less. Um, there's, there are technical reasons for it. There are regulatory reasons for it. You know, more spectrums being opened up and, and all of these things. Um, spectrum that is being used now will be used much more efficiently. Probably the power will be turned way down, which will both help your battery and give you a the ability to use the same spectrum at two different places that are a lot closer to each other than before if you turn the power down and there are really intriguing ways to double up on spectrum have multiple devices using the same exact spectrum at the same exact time yet be mutually intelligible uh, these kinds of technologies will vastly vastly lower the price of uh of spectrum of of you know bandwidth basically um so we're we're heading into that kind of a, a realm and well in the music industry we have well more music than we could ever listen to so it really becomes a discoverability problem to tie this all the way back to where we started with network television and comedians and cars getting coffee that's only net and some of the other properties are kind of halfway between some on the net some on on broadcast television we're moving away from that constrained like low number of channels and yes 500 channels via dish or or, or cable is low that's when right you compare it with youtube or yeah. you know suddenly, or millions and millions of websites yeah absolutely uh, even if it's not just youtube yeah uh, just me creating my own videos and posting on a website sure. or doing whatever yeah, um just the, yeah, we're, we're not we haven't even started yeah, yeah, the amount of video. content is just is going through the roof, and the amount of video content, which is the lagger here, probably because 
two reasons. It, it's more bandwidth, but probably more importantly, it's much more difficult to create. You can't just, you know, pull out two podcast podcaster microphones and set up a Skype call like we're doing right now. You yep. have to actually, you know, shoot the stuff, look good, edit the thing at the end. There's a lot of skill there. And it's a lot, let's call it 10 times more expensive or more complicated or what have you per minute than audio content like a talk show like we're doing right now. So it, it takes a little bit to to get there but i would argue kids nowadays far younger know how to edit video that wasn't the case 10 20 years ago people did not uh, the average person did not know how to do like non-linear video editing on a computer whereas now with imovie that is quite standard i would argue yeah so i think the to close i think maybe this is another show but i think we should at some point we need to talk about what periscope means yeah, uh, yeah because absolutely. I, periscope and meerkat yep. and kind of live broadcast and mm-hmm. what that means for um for instance and we'll, and we'll close out with this but chris sacco was uh periscoping his uh his appearance on shark tank last night <laughs> and awesome. so this is what's coming we're gonna yep. have uh it's gonna get even better and uh, the 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 ability to stream live TV. Imagine being able to watch a sporting event from fifty thousand different cameras. Mm, yeah, instead and, of just what the network says. Yeah, absolutely. So so you'll get to be able to see it from many vantage points, but also there's a really interesting algorithmic you know possibility there where you can aggregate all of those viewpoints mm-hmm. and generate. You know, just by virtue of the fact that there's a ton of cameras in a very confined space, generate a, a you know 3D representation of whatever's going on in real time, and allow you to virtually position a camera absolutely anywhere. That's right. That's going to happen. It, yeah. It sounds bizarre, but that's going to happen, and probably in a in a sports arena because that's where there's a lot of people with a lot of cameras, and probably somewhere where the 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 court is tiny, like tennis. Yeah, agreed. It's going to happen. Absolutely. All right, that's a that's a topic for another show. I love Thanks it. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll put uh, we'll put links to all the things we talked about in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Adios.